All right, time to bring in Steve Cleveland. He's on the T-Mobile special guest line, T-Mobile and Sprinter, coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Well, Steve, I've thought of you in the last couple of weeks. We haven't talked to you, but, uh, you know, there were huge California fires, and we knew it because the smoke here was really, really thick. <laughs> we, and I guess the satellites was going all the way to Kansas. Then we got 100-mile-an-hour winds, which was another problem here, and it pushed all the smoke into San Francisco, and it turned orange. And I thought, I wonder what it's like for Steve in Fresno right now. It's, it's not pretty. I've never seen anything like this, to be honest with you. Well, you know, the sun every night is, the, the sun is like orange. Or red and uh, the fires about they're about 30 minutes probably on a drive to up to a little community going east in Auberry and uh, so we're probably 30 or 45 minutes it, I've, I've never seen it's like an apocalyptic uh, experience yeah I mean it, it's just dense it looks like fog and you go outside on your car and there's an inch of, of just dust and um, and it's really it's just something I've never experienced before, and you just kind of try not to stay outside or be outside very long. Um, but you know, I feel I feel for these people. I feel for these people who've been displaced. That uh, we we have a, a number of people in that the friends and in the church and stuff that live in this community where they've all had to evacuate and leave their homes and watch them burn down. So it's uh, it's been it's been a real struggle. But I, I've never seen anything like it, and there doesn't seem to be any respite here. I mean, it's like there's no rain coming. And I think they've got about eight percent of it contained, but it's spreading. It's spreading down into the Sequoia National Park. Uh, it's going up in. It's now starting to go towards Yosemite, going north into the Madera County. So I don't know. It's uh, it, the difficult, crazy times, and uh, you feel for a lot of the people that have been displaced and just turned their lives upside down. So, but it is. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been. We, we've had a lot of fires here. But this is a whole nother level, and uh, you just you go outside, and it's just really an eerie feeling. So I'm really fascinated with basketball. We see this all the time. We've seen it in the playoffs. The Jazz, game five, have a 15-point lead. You know, they didn't put the proverbial pedal to the metal, step on the throat, all those cliches. They give Denver new life. Denver ends up winning the series. And now with the Clippers, the Clippers the last two games in the second half have had double-digit leads. They don't finish the deal, and they allow the Nuggets to come back. And now here the Nuggets are, and they're tied 3-3. Is that somewhat of a coach's nightmare when you build a lead and, and you get some complacency and you have some shots, some possessions that are really crappy, and the next thing you know, the team's right back in it? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, very problematic for a coaching staff, and I, you know, and I think the Clippers. I mean, I think everyone would agree that they have probably the most depth and the most talent in terms of what they can put on the floor. When they sub, they they bring in good players, and uh, so that is really uh, uh, got to be troubling for them. I think the thing is though that Denver, you know, they play the same way every time they come out. I mean, I've watched almost all of their games. And I feel like I'm watching, you know, Air Force play in the, in the old Mountain West. And they, 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 their execution is incredible. And obviously, Joe Kitch is uh, reminding a lot of people that uh, what a special player he is. But I think defensively, Denver as well, it's got size. You know, I mean, Jeremy Grant's 6'8", 
Tory Craig, 6'7", Porter, 6'10", Murray, 6'4", Jokic, you know, is, is, is a huge human being. It, it's not easy to get to the rim. It, I think defensively, we haven't talked a lot about Denver, but, uh, I mean, they were 58% field goal shooting, 48% three-point shooting, but defensively, they're, they're just massive, and, and they're just solid, just really well-coached and solid, playing with a lot of confidence. And, you know, if you, you ask, okay, Clippers or Denver tonight, I, I mean, in, in the bottom of your mind, you still keep thinking about the talent of the Clippers, but I am, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, this, this, is, this game is going to be a really, really, really di- difficult game for both teams. I mean, I, I'll be shocked if the Clippers come out and win this game by 20. I mean, unless somebody gets hurt or there's some circumstance. Denver is playing at the speed they want to play. They're playing the game exactly how they want to play offensively and defensively. And, you know, Clippers are up and down shooting the ball. I mean, Leonard and George, for the most part, have carried this team. But Beverly has been kind of a no-show. Harrell, I mean, you know, here's a six-man of the year averaging 18 a game, and he scored five points in the last game. Beverly, two points. Williams, 14. We know Lou Williams averaged 18, 19 a game. So they're not playing to the level they can play, but you got to give Denver a lot of credit. They have a lot to do with it. And uh, it's been really, really fun to watch. I mean, I, I would have never, ever, ever thought this could happen. I just thought that the Clippers would eventually overwhelm them, win this thing 4-1. to one. Uh, But that's not how it's playing out. And credit to the coaching staff at Denver, the guys, for a system that is really working, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. Steve Cleveland joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So I think people get all of that. So the question is, why does Denver have to keep falling behind by 15 or 19 points? They've got all this yeah, size. Well, They've got all this talent. <laughs> why, not, why not get after it right from the opening tip? You know, I, I think it's one of those things that a lot of what they do, they do within the framework of a team. And it takes teams a little bit of a, you know, it takes a while. They're, they don't have a lot of guys. I mean, certainly Murray can go make plays on his own. But it's not a team that goes and makes a lot of plays on their own. The system is really important to them. And it takes a while for the system to get going and, and get into that groove. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I don't have an answer for why they've had those slumps and they get behind. But you know what? So far it's been working. <laughs> I don't know if the Clippers get overconfident and all of a sudden uh, you know, their shot selection's poor. They're not defending. They're not playing with a sense of I – don't, I don't think the Clippers have played with a sense of urgency. And against a team like Denver, once they get a lead late, they're not going to beat themselves. And I think the Clippers in the past <clears throat> have been in a situation where they felt like, well, we can just turn up, you know, we can rev up the engines and turn it up again and, and do what we got to do, but not when they're controlling the tempo and forcing them to play them the way they want to play them. So, yeah, it, it is – I don't understand it, but I think a lot of it does have to do with Denver being team-oriented that – it takes a while to get into the flow of that. And, of course, Clippers don't – I mean, they got length at every position. They're quick. They're athletic. It takes a while to maybe adjust to that a little bit. And once they get into it, they find kind of the weak link and they attack it. So when a postseason started, I thought, man, the Lakers just don't have enough. I mean, they got two studs, obviously, at the top. One of the greatest players of all time, an emerging player who, you know, his career is yet to be defined, but he's still fantastic right now. And then I thought there was a huge drop-off. Well, now I'm starting to eat my own words because I've seen them get some production. Rondo comes back. He's a veteran. 
a couple other guys there that I did not anticipate playing as well as they have, Caruso being one of them. And now I'm starting to really doubt myself as far as thinking that they can't win it. I'm thinking absolutely they can win it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you, the first thing that happened was the coaches made the best decision. It may have been a coaching decision. I don't know who, if, you know, if LeBron comes up to the coaching staff and says, but there's no way you can have McGee in the game. And they were starting McGee. They did that. And it, it, they were dysfunctional with him in the game. I'm not saying he can't play minutes, maybe eight or ten minutes through the course of the game. But I don't care whether it was Morris or whoever it was, but AD needs to play at the five. If they're going to win this thing, he can't be the four-man and have another big. It's not going to happen. He's going to settle for jump shots. His shot, he's just not going to be the person. They are so much better when AD is at the five. And I don't know what the stigma is. Well, no, no, I'm a three-man. Everybody wants to be a three-man or a four-man. I don't want to be the five. Well, if you want to win a championship, stay at the five, and you can score inside and out, have a presence there. And, and Morris is, you know, he, he's a guy that averages nine or ten points a game, but he can defend the position, and it helps them, really helps them defensively, and I think is the number one thing that's been the biggest difference. Now, you're right. Uh, Rajon Rondo and, and Caruso both have played really well. I mean, Rondo has had some great games, and it just, it, they, he really provides some leadership that, the guy, that they really needed. I mean, I know it's LeBron's team, but LeBron can't do it for the, every minute of every game. And to have Rondo out there, I think, puts LeBron in a position that he can breathe a little bit and know that, that he can run the team. And Caruso has done the same thing. He's played with confidence. And, I mean, I hated this team. And I'm a, I've been a Laker fan most of my life. I just didn't like the way they looked. You know, I mean, I just, it was just they, they were shooting the three well. Well, now they're feeding – now with A.D., in, 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 in that low post, they, they have to, he'll bring attention. He'll bring two or three guys. In the past, they didn't have to guard McGee, so McGee could, whoever was defending him would go out and defend the three, could help on LeBron. Uh, so I think the adjustments that were made in terms of who's playing, and, and then the guys get more confident. Green, Caldwell, Pope, and Kuzma, you know, they're all kind of scary at times defensively, but at the end of the day, they're starting to shoot the ball well. They're playing with confidence. This is a really confident team. And you're asking me today, I'm saying, you know what, the Lakers win this thing. Um, but, you know, a lot of basketball still to be paid. But I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I could hardly stand watching the Lakers play. And it's made such a difference to bring Morris in there and put AD back where he belongs. Uh, don't worry about the stigma that you're not a three-man. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the day, they're a much better team. And LeBron is certainly – he, he's ratcheted it up and, and playing really, really, really good. So, did I say my, the Rockets really self-destructed? <laughs> I've never seen a team just kind of lose it. By the way, so my assumptions that are going haywire are different than PK's assumptions that are going haywire. I thought it was Lakers and Clippers to the conference final, and then we'll see when you get there who's healthy, who's really clicking, and watch those two slug it out. Now, if Denver wins Game Seven. Since we've now assumed that they were done twice <laughs> and they're still alive, should we assume they're done against the Lakers? Uh, if, if the Lakers continue to play how they're playing right now, I, I did not believe the Lakers could beat the Clippers. I thought the Clippers had too much depth. They had, you know, Williams coming off the bench, Rell coming off the bench. I, I just did not believe that they could, they could beat, the, beat the Clippers. 
so if, if, if we wake up tomorrow morning and see that Denver actually beat the Clippers, I think we're going to see another great series, but I, the Lakers win that. They, they have size. They can, off, they can do some different things that the Clippers can't uh, defensively in the bigs. Uh, however, uh, I am never, ever going to second-guess this Denver team. Uh, the chemistry that they have, the system, uh, how, you know, how they move the ball, and, and they have size as well, and they have length. So I, I think that if Denver wins, the Lakers go to the finals and they, they win an NBA championship. But if the Clippers beat Denver and all of a sudden they're still there, then there's a part of me that still believes the Clippers are capable if they get their act together and, and play at a level that everybody thinks they should be playing. So that, that would be my thoughts on that. But it would be I, – I mean, right now – Obviously, I got a guy, Paul George, who's playing for the Clippers, who is a dear friend and love his family. But this Denver beating them would be one of the most significant things that's ever happened in the NBA playoffs when you consider perceptions of the two teams and what Denver's gone through to get to where they are right now. I'd agree with that. On the East, I think I'm going to go with Miami. Uh, a couple of things. I'm loving Spolster as a coach. But to me, Jimmy Butler has really emerged as a big-time player. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really liking Miami as well. Uh, I, I, I tell you, they, Jay Crowder has been unbelievable. Here, here again is a situation where it's you know it's not a team with great size. Adebayo plays you know all over the rim and so forth. But this is a team that it has great chemistry, and I completely agree with you. This is Eric Spolstra receiving the credit that probably he didn't get when they when he had all those really good players and it was kind of like it was more about the players than him but i i think in the league it, it, it for everything you read and hear and listen to coaches there's so much so much respect for coach Volstra and all the things that he's doing it's a fun team to watch and uh hero is the, this young rookie is shooting the lights out they just have great continuity and 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 jimmy butler has found a place that he's comfortable with and such a competitive guy, uh, but it, but it's a group. We've got about six or seven guys that can go from 15 to 20 a night, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. I um, I, I like Miami as well. I mean, I, I think if Hayward does come back and can play uh, soon, that it, it it certainly gives the Celtics a, a bolt. But I I just. I don't know. I, I just I don't know if the Celtics they've just been kind of up and down, and they've had obviously beating Toronto is not an easy thing. Um, but I don't know. I, I just like Miami's energy and their mantra. What's happening? It's not to say the Celtics couldn't, because certainly Tatum and Walker. Walker has just been kind of up and down, and Smart is the part of that team. Brown is kind of up and down as well, even though it, when he's good, he's really, really good. And so, um, I like Miami as well, and we'll see. I may change my mind in a couple of games, but I like Miami right now going into it as well. So, as a Laker fan, and presuming that you know a bunch of other Laker fans and talk to them in California, I would think there's a fair number of Laker fans in Fresno. Uh, yep. Does this championship feel like other championships, or does this one feel different? Because LeBron's coming late in life and he's not really a Laker, and they tampered with and then leveraged AD out of New Orleans. Does this one feel a little dirty, Steve? Let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> you are a beauty. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know that it feels dirty. I, I think that the Laker Nation 
they've been waiting quite a while, and they're loving this. They're not proud. They, you know, I mean, they they just want another banner up, and they want to be relevant again. And I don't know how much longer LeBron's going to play. You know, I mean, like, I mean, hey, the guy might play till he's forty-five. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think so. And I and I suspect in the community I live, there are more Golden State fans uh, because of all the connections, and we're you know, a little bit closer to San Francisco. But um, no, no, I, I I believe they're loving this, and, and this is uh, something that the community will enjoy uh, if they can pull it off. You know, and, and the other thing is that you know every every team's one injury away from uh, a lot of disappointment. I mean, you want guys to stay healthy, but uh, yeah, you got a potpourri of players here from all over the place. But for the very first time, you know, you got a situation here where you can have some accountability. Like, I mean, Kuzma's done some really good things, but you know, it just drives me crazy when he's not guarding and he just. But you know, he he's comfortable. He's gotten in a comfortable comfortable place where he's so surrounded by guys. He's not having to guard certain players now that he was really vulnerable guarding. I mean, this, this is an interesting team, but uh, I, I've never been really – I mean, the Morris twins, you, 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 you've seen them, you've watched them, but I think he they, he's really had an impact on this team. And I, when they can play small, you know, I don't know what small is in the NBA, but when you're not having two bigs, the Lakers give themselves a chance to be champions again. They go back to playing big, they got no chance. And so I, I like where the Lakers are, and uh, I think that no matter who they play, whether it's Denver or Clippers, if they continue down this path, the Lakers, the Lakers go to the finals. Fresno's kind of an out-of-the-way community, and one of your own, Tom Seaver, passed here recently. How big of a deal was that in your community? It was a big deal, you know, uh, so this is a great baseball community. Um, <clears throat> there's been such great baseball here. <clears throat> Excuse me, high school, collegiately. Fresno State won a national championship in baseball, co- collegiately. So many pros. Um, I played baseball my whole life, and I grew up, you know, loving Tom Seaver. Um, I do. I'm, in, I'm involved in a nonprofit. Uh, it's called the Fresno County Athletic Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm on a board member there, and obviously Tom is one of those members of the Hall of Fame. So. There were a lot of tributes, a lot of things done for him. Uh, he's a very, very special guy in our community. And, uh, and, and baseball is, is kind of the first love of everybody in this valley. It's just, uh, it's just always been that way. Uh, the unfortunate part is most of them are Giant fans. <laughs> and I'm a Dodger fan. But besides that, uh, it's, there's great baseball here. has been for a long, long time. And Tom Seaver is the pinnacle of that and all that he did and uh, he's loved and revered. He was uh, greatly respected. Had a chance to meet him a couple of times myself, and uh, so yeah, he's he's beloved here and as well as around the world. And it was uh, they they paid great tributes to him here in a lot of different ways. And so it was fun to see and relive some of his past and how special he was. Well, Steve, we appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes, and we Thanks, will talk guys. to you again Hope next week. All right. See you. Bye-bye.